The monsoon was reduced to a trickle in Kerala this time and the residents of the state are already facing the repercussions. The state is staring at a looming power crisis. Kerala's electricity minister K Krishnan Kutti has acknowledged that the government is contemplating usage restrictions including load shedding and hike in power tariff to bring the situation under control. Hi you're listening to On Manorama's Explainer podcast News Break a weekly show that breaks down news in a clutter-free manner This is Harita Benjamin and today we shall look at some of the vital questions on electricity production consumption and distribution in Kerala My colleague Ayyappan R joins us today to discuss the matter uh, Ayyappan has extensively covered the matter in the past few years uh, welcome to the show Ayyappan Thanks, Arita. All right. Uh, so, my first question is: uh, What led to the sudden power crisis in the state? Is rain deficit the sole reason? Uh, an abnormally dry southwest monsoon is definitely a major cause. The water level in our dams at this point is just thirty-seven percent—an unprecedented situation during a monsoon. Right. Same time last year, it was more than eighty percent. Usually in August, we get good rainfall. In the first half of August last year we got 32.6 cm of rain. In 2021 I mean this first half of August it was 19.2 cm which by August standards was considered low very low. In 2020 during the first half it was 50.8 cm. In 2019 same time it was it was 68.6 cm. But this for first 15 days of August the rain we got was a paltry 2.5 cm wow, and we okay. thought 2021 was pretty low 19.2 right. cm so the water situation is that dire so when our reservoirs are usually fat with water especially during and after the monsoons kcb can behave like a millionaire it can generate up to even 40 million units a day from our hydro stations like idiki lower periyar shabarigiri sholayar neriyamangalam kuttiyadi Now, with water levels in reservoirs uncharacteristically low, KCB has no choice but to behave like a family fallen on bad times. So All this right. August, our daily hydro generation is limited to fourteen to fifteen million units. Caution is the byword. We can't scrape our reservoirs clean. We have to save some water. If the retreating monsoon, the northeast, I mean, that too is bad. Like the southwest, we are done for. there should be some water left to take care of this eventuality but arida even in the best of times when dams are full and hydro generation can be stepped up to the maximum the power from hydro stations will be enough to meet only half or a bit more of our daily needs even even during a monsoon blessed august our daily requirements will be between 72 to 75 million units the maximum we can generate from a hydro station will be just about 40 million units Oh. then uh, small parcels of power from kcb's own solar and wind plants and other private power producers within the state would give us another 3 to 4 million units nothing more than 45 million units for the remaining 25 to 30 million units we have to depend on power purchases from outside even in the best of times and oh. this august with summer like conditions our requirement is shot up to nearly 87 million units daily at least 15 million units more than what is normal so from our hydro stations 
including small idle projects we are in a position to generate nothing more than 15 million units now this august if other internal generations also considered we we can stretch the internal generation to to about 20 million units the remaining i'm speaking about an average remaining 16 million units we have to purchase from outside mostly from central generating stations and big private producers outside the state on august 16 we had to purchase 64 million units from outside on august 17 it was 68 million units from outside so so our outside purchases are increasing same time last august we had to purchase only 30 million units so since we anywhere require power from outside it is usual for kcb to enter into long and medium term power supply agreements with big power producers to keep the costs low unfortunately last may the kerala state electricity regulatory commission refused to approve four long term purchase deals worth 465 megawatts these deals were stuck in 2016-17 given the power crisis the commission has allowed kcb to source the power from these four companies for 75 more days but the grace period ends on august 21 if the commission disallows further extension kcb is has to purchase this power from outside at exorbitant rates exorbitant rates so so on the one side water levels in reservoirs are so dangerously low that idle stations cannot be operated at desired levels and on the other the share of prohibitively costly power in kcb supply mix is increasing by the day all right so uh, you've actually covered you know most of you know the aspects of the power crisis in the state but uh, let's look a little more closely at the demand side now uh, we all know that you know in april you, we overshot uh, the uh, peak consumption level and uh, of around 5000 megawatts and uh, the electricity minister is already saying that we have a high power consumption and this is posing trouble for us so uh, if you are comparing the averages uh, with last august how much is it exceeding and has it already crossed the peak levels at this moment we might not have crossed the 5000 megawatt like we did in the middle of april right yet uh, peak demand continues to mimic summer levels i mean for instance on august 17 it was 4, 4233 megawatts i mean the peak demand Right. and on august 16 the previous day it was 4160 megawatts clearly with rains keeping away peak demand is increasing with every passing day usually during august peak demand remains in the 3500 to 3700 megawatt range so so the present situation like the minister said is a matter of concern all right so now uh, you briefly mentioned about how we have to borrow power uh, in order to meet our demands because uh, most of our you know power generated is restricted to the hydel projects right so uh, could you just briefly explain to our audience on how this borrowing of power occurs and at what cost you know what are the mediums from which we borrow and at what cost Uh, as i said earlier the hydel power can meet half our needs at the best of times which right. is during the rainy season when power consumption dips otherwise during summer it will not be enough for even 25% of our daily needs okay. the remaining which is 75% of our daily requirement we will have to borrow this is sourced basically from three areas central generating stations across the country big power producers with whom kcb has long term power supply contracts and then from the open market 
the power from central generating stations are relatively cheap and dependable kerala is allocated a certain percentage from these stations for instance we are allotted nearly 12% from the national thermal power corporation plant at rayalaseema in andhra pradesh 21% from talchur station in odisha and 14% and 13.3% from from the two stages of the kudangulam nuclear power plant okay. so this power is relatively cheap also even if fixed charges are included power from these stations do not cost more than rupees 4 a unit then there are the long and medium term contracts that kcb enters into from time to time this is insurance purchase it assures a certain level of power supply for 20 to 25 years down the line at reasonable costs the cost could be anywhere between rupees 4 to 5 a unit it is for such long term power supply agreements that are on the verge of being annulled invalidated by the electricity regulatory commission two separate power agreements for 115 mega megawatts and 100 megawatts from jabua power and two separate contracts of 150 megawatts and 100 megawatts from jindal power these are on the verge of being annulled uh when power from central generating stations and long term contracts is not enough which is the case now kcb resorts to a kind of panic buying from the open market from traders and exchanges at the moment during peak hours a unit of power costs rupees 10 and more in exchanges now with idle generation kept cautiously low and long term contracts in danger of getting scrapped kcb will have to depend more on exorbitantly priced priced power worsening kerala's power crisis all right so uh, in your opinion uh, is differential pricing or uh, load shedding more effective when it comes to you know uh, restricting the demand arida uh, differential pricing mechanism is is embedded in our tariff structure in the form of something called as telescopic and non telescopic charges it's already right. there and i think it's working also because i'll just give you an example i'll just just briefly tell you what this is uh consumption up to 250 units a month is charged telescopically meaning the consumption up to 250 units a month will be charged in an incremental manner we have okay. we have various slabs of consumption for tariff purposes with ascending cost we have slabs like 0 to 50 unit slab here the cost is rupees 3 3.15 paisa a unit and then the other slab is 51 to 100 which is charged at 3.95 rupees 3.95 a unit and then the other slab 101 to 150 is charged rupees 5 a unit then 151 to 200 slab is charged rupees 6.80 a unit and then the 201 to 250 slab is charged rupees 8 a unit under telescopic tariff someone consuming under 250 units is charged in a phased manner the first 50 units of his consumption of the household consumption will be charged rupees 3.15 the second of 51 to 100 units will be charged at 3.95 and so on meaning a household consuming 240 units a month will not be charged at rupees 8 for their entire monthly consumption but right. this benefit of telescopic charges ends at 250 units beyond 250 non telescopic charges kick in instead of incremental rates a high flat rate will apply so if a house consumes one unit about 250 its monthly bill will shoot up quite dramatically the entire consumption will be charged at a single high rate the thinking is this would force households to curb 
thoughtless, reckless power consumption. And this seems to have also worked because 85% of, of the over 1 crore domestic consumers in Kerala have consistently consumed below 250 units a month. And, and now coming to load shedding, I think before load shedding is resorted to, a bit of awareness could drum some sense into the public. Because on April 18, for instance, when Kerala's peak demand crossed 5,000 megawatts for the first time ever, that day the peak demand was 5,024 megawatts. Right. KCB frantically made a public appeal to avoid the use of palm sets, induction cookers, water heaters, iron boxes and washing machines during peak hours, that is between 6 p.m. and 11 p.m. It worked. It is not that they didn't use all these stuff. They did use, but they changed the time. So the right. very next day, peak hour demand dropped to 4,893 megawatt. And in the subsequent days, dropped further. So if the public is adequately sensitized, KCB can still hold off power cuts. But if the Northeast too ditches Kerala, households will have to get their candles ready. Right. All right. So uh, now another question which comes to mind is uh, you were speaking about the different sources from which we are borrowing. But uh, there is a limit, an upper limit on the amount that can be imported at any given time of the day, right? Which is why the KCB is very frantic when we overshoot the 5000 uh, megawatts. How is this upper limit determined and uh, what happens when the limit is violated? Is there any kind of penalty? The maximum power that Kerala can import at any given time. Yeah, is three thousand five hundred megawatt. Okay, I mean we we as as I've said, I mean we know Kerala has to has to import power because we depend on uh, outside purchases. So getting power from outside is a is very important for us, and we have been fixed a limit which is three thousand five hundred megawatt. The limit is fixed by the grid controller of India and is based on Kerala's demand and grid capacity. On April eighteen, when we we, we did actually. When the peak demand was 5,024 megawatt, we did import more than 3,000. We had to import okay. more than 3,500 megawatt. Then I think we were let off because it was considered a one-off thing. After that, it didn't happen. But if it happens again, we will have to pay a penalty. We'll be asked to pay 150% of the per unit cost of the power that we have overdrawn. All right. So that will be a huge penalty for us. Right. But now, as it stands, it is not a major problem. All right. Uh, so now over to my final question. Now, our issue is that, uh, you know, uh, we can be facing, you know, more rain deficits in the future as well. And we are not having enough production within the state uh, when it comes to electricity. So is the government on its part taking any efforts to expand its electricity production, you know, maybe uh, diversify uh, from the hydropower to, you know, other uh, renewable resources of energy? Is there any efforts of the part of the government on that respect? I don't think diversification is a major focus of KSCB. Because there are, of course, efforts to expand production but yeah. it is mostly through small and medium idle projects. Not okay. the large ones, but small and medium idle projects. Uh, the rupees 560 crore, 60 megawatt Palivasal extension project is the biggest of these. Okay. The plan is to add 320 megawatt to the existing 2,823 megawatt by 2025-26. And this would include small solar projects like the 4 megawatt solar plant at Brahmaburam, the 3 megawatt solar plant at Kanyukod, the 1.5 megawatt ground-mounted solar project at Nenmara, and the 4 megawatt wind farm at Kanyikod. 
KCB is consistently, even though we have solar and wind wind farms and wind projects, KCB has consistently taken the position that hydro projects are the best bet for Kerala, particularly because of the abundance of rivers. It is right. also low cost power that is generated by hydro stations. So as it stands, Kerala gets 30.72 megawatt from solar and 2.03 megawatt from wind. At the moment, solar makes up less than two percent of Kerala's installed capacity, and I don't think there is not going to be much of a change in the near future. Right. So there is no uh, other expansion scope uh, which is in line with the government's agenda, right? For now, no, it's basically small and small and medium hydro projects. All right. So I think uh, with this we can come to the end of today's episode. Uh, I think our audience is uh, uh, is aware of what uh, the electricity distribution and production is all about right now. Thanks a lot, Ayyappan, for joining us. Uh, this is on Manorama's Newsbreak, an explainer podcast, which is produced by Harita Benjamin. That's me with technical production by Idea Brew Studios. It comes out every week and is available on all podcast platforms. Follow on Manorama.com for more updates. Thank you.